Good evening and welcome back to the breakdown. I'm Luke. I'm Kurt. <laughs> Pastor Daniel. Yeah. We got Pastor Daniel. <laughs> and we are so happy that uh you're joining us from home or your car or wherever you are. Yeah, it's so great. What a great night. I'm sorry, we're just messing with you, man. We love to have you in here. It's so good. We're we're glad. You know what's interesting is we don't typically have on the show, right. the, the pastor who preaches, because the whole point of the breakdown is to take time and break down the message and discover it. But we, not only was the message amazing on Sunday, but what God is doing through his prison ministry mm -hmm. and just the testimony that you shared on Sunday of what your life journey has been like, we thought, man, we got to get into this with you. Mm. We're not going to sit here and break this down. You know, we, <laughs> we need you here with us. So welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Kerr and Luke, man. I'm honored to be here. Yeah. Honored. Awesome. Well, I want to get something out of the way first. I just want to celebrate somebody really excited right now. It's Luke's birthday. Oh, happy yeah. birthday. Oh, happy Luke. birthday. Oh, happy oh, birthday. Oh, that legit just happened. That was fun. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I can't say I, th I saw that coming. Uh, that yeah, no. Close. I mean, I am 31, but you can have a heart attack at 31. <laughs> so I didn't sign that in the waiver for the show. Oh, wow. All right, Haley, I did not sign for that. Well, one thing's All for right. sure, this party's going to be lit today. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love that picture, Luke. I'm so yeah. glad we got that. And they, they be sure to get it with your mustache. That's yeah, great. That's so. awesome. Oh, my. Yeah. Well, you never know what's going to happen on the breakdown. That's the really exciting part nope. about it. So happy birthday, buddy. We're glad you, you Thank turned you, guys. Thank so you. You're catching up to Pastor happy Daniel. Happy birthday. And I, <laughs> <laughs> Another decade. 31. I, I, I'm telling you, 31 feels so young oh. and so fresh. So I'm super excited. And everyone watching is saying, that's because it is young and it is fresh. <laughs> I know, but I just remember when I was a kid, I was like, wow, 30, that's old. And then wow. I hit the, I hit 30 and I was like, wow, this is, this is great, yeah. you know? And so 31 is even better. Well, one thing's for sure is our production team is going to have to come in here and tell us if we have confetti in our hair. I've got it in my drink, so <laughs> we'll just have to let us know if it looks bad or anything. Sweet. But what a, what a great day on Sunday. And one of the things we want to point to is that if you weren't here, and you didn't get to see the live message and just great to have your wife come up there with you and talk Absolutely. a little bit about the ministry. Go back and watch or listen mm -hmm. to Sunday's message, because I will say this, you know, my wife and I were sitting on the front row and I was just thinking, man, it was such a powerful word mm -hmm. and, and not just the word, but there was an anointing behind what you were sharing Amen. that we thought, OK, this is just going to really this is going to do more than just this Sunday. So, wow. Praise God. So we wanted to yeah. get into some of the concepts that were coming up in your message. So yeah, and so so the 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 first thing that stuck out to me um, is you know you're talking about the life of Joseph mm. and and God's hand in it, mm. and when when we use words like sovereign and and providential, I think for some people like that can be very triggering because of the whole debate of God's sovereignty versus our free will, and I know that you know I've gotten into debates and what I would consider very pointless discussions in the past with people um, based on those two topics, which we do find in scripture. But could you elaborate more on that? Like how does our, how does our free will fit in with God's sovereignty? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. <clears throat> I would say, you know, one of the illustrations, a visual illustration that I give to a lot of the um, young adults or even the men that I work with that are incarcerated or even back in the community I, I give them this illustration that they're on one side of a door and Jesus is on the other side of the door. And that door only has one doorknob. 
and I asked them, what, what side of the door do you believe the doorknob's on? Mm. And it's, it's on our side. Yeah. It's on, mm. our, on our side. We have to open that door mm. and allow Jesus to come in and sit at the table with us and to have a relationship with us and us have an intimate relationship with him. But he's still providential. He's still sovereign right. over all of that. He, he's, he's, he's chosen us. Mm -hmm. He just wants us to choose him right. in an act of surrender. Right, yeah. right, right. And that, and that's that's what I find so key is in order for us to have these concepts of surrender and love and being able to, to love God is we have to have our free will. Yes. Mm. Because God doesn't create us like robots. He doesn't. No. And, and you know, like we can create a, a computer program that's going to say, I love you, Luke, or I love you, Kurt. Mm -hmm. But is that really love if we create it? Right. No, it's it's when like your wife goes to you and chooses to love you and says, Kurt, I love you. Every day. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's all the time. Right. So so we yeah. have this concept of our free will. Now yes. we have God yes. because God is before all things and he is the end of all mm. things. He is all things. He is the great, the great um, you know, peace in that whole relationship. And then somehow those all come together. But we have to surrender our will. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because we have tribulations. We go through through perilous times. But it's not that God causes those things. No. But he is ruling and sustaining us through those things. And we get to be part of it if we surrender ourselves. Yes. That's, that, that's good, Luke. I think that's what it is. He, he overrules and governs over all things. Right? Evil, I believe, is, it, it, it's a temporary power. Mm. But God has a has a providential sovereign power that will turn the evil around for his good. Mm. But God. But God. And and, that, and that's where I think we have to come to is we have these two principles that are intention, our our free will and then God's great sovereignty overall. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know exactly how those ex work together. Yeah. But we rest in but God. Mm -hmm. yes. And I think when we, when we have these things that we, our finite human brains can't always wrap our, their minds up around, it's when we go back to these simple truths and our theology needs to be but God. Yeah. But God. That's so good. And you were talking about how your mom has this, this great saying at the end of all things, like, you know, is, is God working in this? Is God controlling this? Like God doesn't bring these evil yeah. things into our life. In this life, we have tribulation. We have trials. It's just by, you know, by proxy of being right. in this life. But be of good cheer, Jesus said, I've overcome the world. Mm, right. And so we have that encouragement. And I just love what you shared. And that's about what your... my mom always says. She, she's <laughs> like, my my theology on Revelations is God wins. Yep. Yes. In the end, what does God's sovereignty mean? Okay, he is highest yes. ranking in all authority and power, mm -hmm. and therefore he wins. He wins. That's right. But it's such a good concept because, you know, I would say prior to the past few years of my life, I didn't grow up with this, this understanding of God's sovereignty. I knew that he was omnipotent. I knew he was all powerful. Mm -hmm. But I didn't grow up with this concept that, oh, this evil that came into my life or this bad thing, like God is doing that and producing something through me. Well, that evil and that challenge is going to come. God didn't cause He's it. He's not the author He's of it. He's not the author no, no. of it, but he is going to turn it for good, which is exactly what you were talking about in Genesis 50, 20. 20. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, we have to, we have to choose, we choose him. 
but he's already he loved us he already loved us he so he already chose us but he wants that act of surrender like i just Mm. said a minute ago Mm. it's almost like breaking the alabaster box open when you when you choose in the midst of your trials and your tribulations, in the midst of that peril, you choose to have a kingdom perspective. You choose to have that mindset that Joseph had yeah. and say, but God. Yeah. So. Which is so good. And then he can turn it for good. He yes. can take what you, what the enemy intended for evil, and he can turn it around for good. And I, I love what we have put through is your main point. I love this concept, this quote that you're bringing up about peril, perspective, providence, and promises. So mm. I just put down those words, the alliteration words. But can you give us the full, the full point again? Yeah, absolutely. So when peril is upon us, kingdom perspective prepares a table for his providence, which secures his promises. And so I that's... When we're facing peril, a state of peril, when we go into that peril with a kingdom perspective Mm -hmm. like Joseph did, I feel like it prepares a table, like the Lord is delighting in that. He's rejoicing in that. Heaven is delighting and rejoicing when we face our trials, our tribulations, our hardships, our obstacles, even tragedy, even, God forbid, death. When we face it with a kingdom perspective and with open hands and an open heart and say, but God is doing something. He's providential. He's sovereign. He ordains and he orchestrates all things for his good and for his promises. Now, when when you when you were sharing, you shared a lot of your personal story. You taught you talked about how when you were in prison, God gave you this vision of your ministry yeah. and, and what he was calling you to. Now, before you went into prison, what was your what was your perspective? Did you have the kingdom perspective in prison or did it come before? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's a good question, Luke. Um, so trying to put this, you know, in a nutshell, yeah. it was, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the kingdom perspective was probably being formed and forged um, and sculpted and molded before I went into prison, before I was saved right before I went into prison. So it's safe to say that when I went into prison, I had the kingdom perspective. Mm. I I was surrendered. Mm. My mentality was you're sending me to prison for seven and a half years. But God is protecting me, but God is preparing me for a greater purpose and a greater plan than I could even wrap wow. around my mind. Yeah, so so you went into this situation, which was justice for your earthly crimes, mm. knowing that I truly belong to God, even as I'm going as I'm going into this situation, and I'm gonna surrender. And God, I'm yours. Use this. Yes. Use this for your glory. Teach me something. Yes. Yes. That's 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 how what it was. I I I was in prison and I was just saying, God, I know that you're gonna turn this around. You're turning this around. What what the evil that I chose to run after and go after. He sovereignly and providentially was able to turn it around because my perspective was changed. Right. I right. accepted the free gift of salvation. Mm. Mm. 
You know, on Sunday, you were talking about this this time where you were in your jail cell and you were receiving this revelation about you were going to be a minister and you were going to start preaching the gospel and you were going to be preaching, you know, and you had those multiple areas. Just the way you opened the service, you know, with tears in your eyes saying, wow, I can't believe what happened this past week. That was literally a fulfillment Mm -hmm. of this vision that the Lord gave me. But taking a step back to kind of what Luke was bringing us to, because I think many times, whether, whether you're literally physically in a jail cell or whether you're in a jail cell or whether you're in a jail cell or whether you're just bound up in something in your culture or your job, you think, I'm never going to get out of this hell. Mm. You know, what is going on? Is God actually producing something through this? Like what will, what will transpire? So if you could kind of walk us through, you know, you, you gave some really powerful testimonies, but what about the people that are still feeling like they're in that, that prison cell right now? Like Mm. what were some of your experience, you know, from uh, or let's say even prior to sentencing and then being sentenced before that revelation of, mm. wow, God's going to use me. Or yeah. did you have that right away? Well, I was actually sharing with Luke uh, before the show started that, you know, that scripture, Genesis 50, 20, um, was the first scripture that I ever read in the Bible where the living, breathing word of God actually just lit a fire inside of me. It wow. illuminated yeah. through me. It actually, like that that eerie moment of when a God moment, an aha moment, and my hairs were sticking up, and that scripture just breathed life into me. Wow. And so that Genesis 50, 20 carried me through my entire incarceration. Through my entire incarceration, that was my perspective on the trial that I was going through. When did you when did you get that fifty twenty? Like where where were you? Was that at the beginning or it was it was before I went into prison. Okay. So it, was, it was it was okay, it so was right that. before I went into prison. Okay. Wow. That that what the enemy intended <laughs> wow. for evil, but God was gonna intend to use it for good to accomplish what is now being done. Wow. The saving the of saving many lives. Of many lives. Wow. Which through your ministry already, first of all, I know you shared on Sunday, but could you give a give us a little timeline in, in terms of like how long you've been able to do his prison ministry and just some highlights that, that have been taking place? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. <clears throat> so his prison ministry, um, for those that didn't hear me on Sunday um, mention that, we, we launched that in 2020 in the midst of COVID. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. in the middle of COVID. And, you know, it, it was it was a tough time, but God... God gave the vision and we felt it was the right time to go forward with it, even though we couldn't get into a prison. (laughs) We we weren't able to get into prisons, but we would just we stayed committed and consistent and kept praying into the ministry and praying into the ministry. And, you know, we're here now today where God is opening the doors now through through sowing that seed of prayer and, and, and being faithful and obedient to what to what he called and what he said. Wow. was his plan it mm. was his purpose his promise some of your first merchandise was the masks right yes i, I, yes, I remember yes. 2020 now that's yeah. right hey, that it's a good me. use of merch yeah <laughs> <laughs> really yeah. 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 yeah um so i think it's so cool how now on this side and on sunday you were able to show how god brought that vision to fruition and mm. you're walking mm. in in the fullness and it's only going to grow because yeah. that's that's what God does. It's like mm. when he starts in us he continues and it just continues to grow. Now, you were given that that vision while you were in prison. There was a big gap of time mm. between when you first got that dream. Yes. 
or that when God put that in your heart to when to, to today where it's like now you can point to how all of those points that God showed you are in play. Mm. Um, and then you shared it with your friend after you guys were taking that, that writing placement test and he didn't, he didn't receive it. So take us to like, what were those days like? It's like, you have this, this vision that comes from God Mm. And, and maybe, you know, other others who are listening, like we get a vision from the Lord, but then the people around us, yeah. they don't receive it or they don't validate it. And then we know that, you know, our circumstances right now, it's like, that's not going to play out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What's it like? What was it like when you had that in your heart and you had to live knowing that, I don't know how this is going to happen, but it's going to happen. Is it going to happen? Mm. <clears throat> I would say that when I was incarcerated, <clears throat> the the vision that God gave me, <clears throat> I didn't share with everybody. You know, mm. I wasn't even going to share it mm. with my friend Tony because I was like, you know, that's between me and the, and the Lord. Lord. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't trying to be a, a young foolish Joseph at seventeen. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I got kind of put on the spot to share it, and so I did. <clears throat> and I just really kept that to myself, and I just kept leaning not on my own understanding, Mm. but leaning on the Lord's while incarcerated and continuing to have that kingdom perspective Mm. and continuing to believe in that word of Genesis 50, 20, that God spoke over me, Mm. that spoke over me. And, and, and that was, that's, that's what carried me through my prison sentence. And, and that's what continued to even, it birthed his prison ministry. It, that was yes. the birth of his prison yeah. ministry. Yeah. So. So so you you rested in the Lord and you 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 kept that vision and you stewarded that you stewarded that vision knowing that God gave this to me even if it looks impossible or unlikely it will happen. Absolutely. Absolutely mm-hmm. and I I'll even add this that when I I actually felt when I got out of prison it became more difficult. Really? Because wow. I shared that vision oh. with some people that were extremely close to me uh-huh. that were my mentors. And they were much like my friend Tony when I was incarcerated. Really? Wow. Yeah. And but I continued wow. to believe in what the Lord said. Mm. So yes. you know that's that's really interesting that's you say so that powerful. because as I as I listen to in the time that I've known you, I forget it, just a few years that I've known mm. you. I don't see any shame associated with your journey, which means that you must have really processed. You must actually see if we talk about God's providence or his sovereign hand, you must actually look over the course of your story and you say, wow, God really was with me. You brought us to that scripture passage where it says, but the Lord was with Joseph. Because mm, yes. in knowing you, it's like, there's no shame. You're like, yeah, I was in prison and now I run a prison ministry. It's like, yeah. it's that, it's that easy. I'm like, wow, that's, can't we all be like that? Some some of us maybe have some some shame associated to, to some of our past stories. What has been your your secret to reconciling that? <clears throat> I um. Yeah, as far as I, I just I gave that to the Lord. I mm. gave that that shame. Like he he's he used this. He he's using this what I went through to for the furtherance of the gospel mm. and for the advancement of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Yeah. And so, how can I walk in shame for that? Mm. Because I because when you have the relationship yeah. with the Lord that intimate relationship with the Lord, then he takes away that shame. Yeah. He takes away that fear. 
and you just you walk in that anointing you walk in that calling that that he that he gave mm. you that's so mm. good. That's so good. So it brings us back to looking over the course and maybe, maybe personally, it's, it's taking inventory and saying, okay, if there's some shame associated to some things I went through in the past, you know, or maybe <clears> even <throat> some things that I did, you know, I need to really bring those before the Lord and right. ask him to show right. me where he yeah. was mm. in that time frame <laughs> and how he's going to use that for his glory. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I, I, one of the quotes that I have from Sundays where you said, God wants to use your story yeah. for his glory. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, that's what, you know, the, that's the heart of Romans 8.28. Like yes. God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him, who are called. So all things, that's all things mm. in my life, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, the, the beautiful. He, if I surrender, but I have to surrender my story. Yeah, we really yes. do. I have yes. to t say, God, I don't know what to do with these bad things that have happened to me, the bad things that I've done to other people. But your word says that you will use these things for your glory. So show me what it is that I have to do and I give it all to you. Yeah, mm, that's good. You know, Pastor Daniel, I wanted to bring this up. I, I think sometimes we hear, and I was talking with you on the phone and talking with Luke about this. Sometimes we hear this, this dramatic turnaround testimony. Like we hear a great story. I mean, you know, this is who you were prior to Christ, you know, which is totally, it seems like, wow, that's definitely, he doesn't know the Lord, but then you have this dramatic turnaround and then the Lord propels you into ministry. But I think sometimes what happens is with people who maybe grow up in church and they feel like, well, I don't have a testimony like that. Like, how can God use me? Do you, do you ever get that in your ministry? And what do you say to that? I would say that's a good question, Pastor Kurt. I would say that the Lord does not really care about that powerful or radical um, conversion or transformation. Like like the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. Yeah. Yes, that's awesome. That, mm. that woos men. It, it, it's, it gives everybody like, wow. But the Lord, he, he gets wooed and he says, wow, when the minute you accept eternal mm. salvation. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't matter if you ever went through peril or you were ever in prison or you were ever an addict. You could be a Christian that was brought up in church in his entire life and did the right thing and, and had integrity and character your entire life. But when you said that Jesus is Lord and Savior, he delights in that. There's the, he, he's really he's honoring that. Heaven is praising that and worshiping that yeah. it doesn't matter if it's the road to damascus conversion or if it's the conversion in your heart where you say i accept you lord he looks at both the same wow and so i would say that yeah. i think a lot of people needed to hear that amen and that's really yeah. good and i mean i can speak to it from you know personal experience where you know having grown up in a christian home mm -hmm. um you know mm -hmm. i grew up going to church and i would hear these dramatic stories and feel like my story wasn't that dramatic. Um, but as I've grown, what God has shown me is, you know, like as, as, as I've <clears throat> looked at my heart and I've looked at my propensity for, for sin, the, the more we look at it, we can see how, yeah, maybe you didn't actually commit some of those big sins that 
look dramatic, yeah. but your heart had the propensity to do that. Absolutely. So my heart what needed just as much saving as the people who Amen. did those sins. <laughs> and that's, you know, that's what Jesus says. It like when, like when he uses the example of, you know, if you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery. Right. Mm. So don't go saying, well, you didn't, I didn't commit adultery. Like I didn't actually do the act. It's like, yeah, but if you've done it in your heart, heart. it's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing to his eyes. And so I needed that saving. And then also as an encouragement to those who have grown up in a Christian home and you feel like your testimony isn't dramatic, look at the testimony of your family. Did your parents grow up in a Christian home? Um, Because their testimony is your testimony. Mm. And like your kids are going to, they're growing up in a Christian home. So you don't want them to have the same kind of testimony you did. Correct. But you know, like the, and that's like, their testimony, I definitely don't right? Exactly, <laughs> right, right, right. But th- but that's the thing is you your redemption now plays out that yeah. they're starting from a different a different place. Mm, yes. So good. yes, that's good. That is really good. So as we kind of come into these final few minutes, hard to believe we're already tracking. Four <laughs> oh here, man! I know. As, wow. we, as we come into the final few minutes, I wanted to just discuss with you. You know, you st- I, I forget at what point in your message, but you were saying you were having this conversation with Stephanie the night before, and 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 you and she were dialoguing about how God is doing so much, mm-hmm. and like there's this place of exaltation, there's this place that you're coming to where you're seeing a fulfillment, and these promises are now coming to fruition. Um, but you you made a really good point, and it kind of harkened back to what Pastor Zach said a few weeks ago that our our favor from the Lord is for assignment. assignment. I just want you to, to expound a little bit on on like what you do to really stay humble in this awesome position that God's bringing you into. Mm. Wow, that's a hard question. Yeah, well, I- <laughs> <laughs> but I would I would say um, I just continue to stay obedient to what the Lord's placed on my heart. Mm. I continue to trust in Him. And rely on him and not on my own understanding or not on anybody's understanding around me. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. even, you know, mentors, elders, other pastors. It, it's it's trusting and believing and serving and leading and loving the Lord Amen. and what he's doing in you and through you. Mm-hmm. And I think that itself will perpetuate um, humility mm-hmm. out of you. you. You know, you said something on Sunday that uh, I thought was uh, really strong. It's, you know, God is not going to take you anywhere where your character won't sustain mm-hmm. your calling. That's good. You know, That's and, good. and like, you know, in Romans five, it talks about how, you know, our tribulations, they produce perseverance, mm. perseverance and perseverance character. And, you know, that goes back to the whole heart of when we, when we surrender what we're going through, we allow God to use, you know, do the operation on me. Yeah. Like, you know, forge me. He's forged you. So he's worked this character in you that it will, if it, if you're doing what you're saying, like you're, you're relying on his voice, it's going to sustain you. Yeah. You know, do I got two minutes to elaborate yeah. on oh, that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. yeah. So that resonates so close to me about how the Lord won't take you somewhere where your, where your character can't sustain yeah. your calling that he's placed on your life. And so when I got out of prison, I was on parole for three and a half years. And now I was supposed to just be on straight parole, meaning no GPS bracelet, no monitor on my ankle. But I came and moved to Massachusetts. And so they placed a monitor on my ankle, a GPS, because I wasn't from here. Mm, I was from Rhode Island. And at the beginning, I thought, oh, 
man, I'm gonna have this, all these restrictions, I can't go swimming. But, but God, <laughs> but God. You see, when I got out of prison, even though all that training and preparing that I was doing, God knew I still, my character was still not ready to sustain my calling. Wow. And so he had to protect me by putting that GPS on me wow. and keep me where I could not actually really go back into the world and, and have my free will. He was actually protecting me wow. and preparing me for wow. still. And so I had that bracelet, that ankle on ankle monitor on my bracelet for 18 months, a year and a half Wow! out of the three and a half years on parole. Mm. And so again, that worldly perspective would be, this stinks, mm -hmm. this is not good, I can't do this, mm -hmm. I can't do that, I gotta be home at this time. I but the kingdom perspective, good. I was like, he's doing something in this. Yes. He's doing yes. something because he's sovereign, because he's providential, <laughs> because he loves me, and he's good, and he's faithful. Mm. Amen, amen. You know, and I, I just think in all of this, it's coming back to, you know, Jesus' heart uh, when he's going to the cross and he says, not my will, yeah. but yours be done. You know, because Jesus went through all of that. Like he he felt the pain, he felt the tribulation. And he's like, you know, God, if there's any other way, is there any other way to this plan? Mm. <clears throat> he's like, but not my will, yours be done. Mm. And I think that's like where we really see this concept of, you know, us having free will. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's it's not about me. It's about God. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I think that, you know, that kingdom perspective is so important, you know, and that it's an encouragement to me as I was actually sitting there at the service on Sunday, I was thinking, wow, you know, what are the areas of my life as I look through this message of bringing with Joseph, you know, did what has God sent me forth into to prepare the way for mm -hmm. others? It was just really some stuff that was coming to me. And I was thinking, wow, it's so vital that we maintain that kingdom perspective. But you just did a great job of, and I think you, you have continued to do that. I think it's been very helpful, not just for your personal life, for your ministry to be able to say like, yeah, the world will look at it like this. Mm -hmm. But when I understand that God is ultimately in control because I had the doorknob mm -hmm. and I opened the door to him, so now I can trust him to work oh, yeah. in these areas. Amen. Of my life. That Amen. makes such a difference. Yes. Yeah. And that's really helpful even for me to be like, okay, like I really want to start having that perspective more in my own personal life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. It's yeah, good. It's good. And I think like one of the main points is like we need to know that he's not exalting us in these positions yeah. in ministry in the marketplace, on the street corner, wherever he's called you, he's not exalting you just for you yeah. to, to, to lead in that ministry. He's doing it for a greater purpose and a greater reason, which is to save many lives and to bring many lives to the gospel mm. and to the kingdom mm. for so his good. plan and Amen. his purpose. That's so good. And he's looking for vessels. He's looking yes. for willing open yes. vessels, which is really good. So we've got just a few minutes. We did go a little late today. I for, we forgot to tell you at the start that we were going to do that. But just, just give us some information. How can we get in touch? Like, I know your your table was full. You got signups. You know, what, no what sweatshirts. I couldn't buy a sweatshirt. Well, we're, we're, <laughs> we're placing more orders. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, Tuesday nights, um, we meet at six o'clock at His Providence Church. Every Tuesday night, um, the ministry's growing, the team's growing. Um, you can reach out to me um, via phone, via email. 
Um, and we also have um, the His Prison Ministry cards that has all the information, the flyers and everything on it, where you can get them anytime you come to His Providence Church. The social media content, um, I need to do a better job on that. But we do have um, uh, His Prison Ministry Facebook page and a His Prison Media um, Instagram. Great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, cool. I, I like that you brought up the prayer because, you know, when your ministry launched in 2020, you, you couldn't go into the prisons. And yet you were taking the time to pray. And that really, as our church is, that really is the foundation of your ministry. It is. Prayer. It's prayer. So that's good. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, would you close us in yes, prayer tonight? Speaking I'd be honored to. Awesome. <clears throat> Father God, Lord Jesus. Father, we come before you, Lord, with bowed heads and humbled hearts. We come before you with <clears throat> full trust and full surrender in your word, in your promises, Lord, that you've declared, that you've proclaimed, and that you've prophesied it over us, Lord, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us, and that even if a weapon shall be mm -hmm. formed against us, mm -hmm. it will not prosper. Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, we trust and rely on everything that you're doing in our lives, in our families' lives, in our church, in our ministries, Lord, because they're not ours. They're yours, Lord. They belong to you, Father God. And so we come before you with open hands and an open heart, ready to receive whatever it is that you want to reveal to us, Father God. So we give ourselves away so you may use us, Lord for the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ mm. and for the advancement of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And Lord, we trust and believe that no matter what the evil and the enemy intends for evil against us, Lord, you are turning it around, Father God, for good to accomplish what is now being done, which is the saving Amen. of many lives. Yes, but God, we love you, Jesus. We worship you. We praise you. And we pray in your son's Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right. That is the breakdown. Special thanks to Pastor Daniel for being here so with us. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. See you Bye, later, guys. guys.